everyone and welcome to the We Told You So episode of Pure Dead PlayStation. As usual, I'm your host Donnie and today I've assembled a crew, a motley crew some might say, literally from across the globe to discuss this week's hottest topic. Yes, that's right, unless you've been living under a rock or you're like 99% of other people who don't give a fuck, massive rumours have surfaced this week about Xbox's push into becoming a third-party publisher. With games such as Hi-Fi Rush, Starfield and maybe even Indiana Jones coming to PlayStation. Phil Spencer did eventually take some time out of playing Diablo to respond to the rumours, with a tweet informing everyone an official announcement would be coming next week. Here to dissect and finger point all this juicy mayhem, I wanted some intelligent, knowledgeable, diplomatic guests who will bring some gravitas to the proceedings. When I couldn't get any of that, I settled for the dynamic trio of Mr. Badbit, David Faulkner, and familiar voice, <laughs> Luke Steele. Gentlemen, hello and welcome. How are you all? I'm doing fantastic. What an amazing intro. Thank you. <laughs> we was, are the Suicide Squad was, was of PlayStation. I love me. it. <laughs> <laughs> the Suicide Squad, yeah, I like that. I'm just happy to be involved, to be honest. <laughs> no song for you this time, Dave, I'm afraid. You know, I thought if I, if I sing everyone a song, we'll be here all fucking night. Mm. <laughs> oh, we don't want to be celebrating too hard on the demise of others. No, no, no. We've got to be mature and diplomatic. And, that's right. You know, that's right. That's absolutely, absolutely. But you're all well. It's uh, what day? This is Wednesday as we're recording. So, yes. Yep. The 7th. Just so everybody knows, they're like, you know, in case something like just leaks out today, yeah. they're like, you forgot this piece of information. It's it's middle of the week. Yeah. Don't yell. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> you haven't forgotten anything yet. We're okay. We're okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. So, yes, um, lots has happened this week, guys. Um, I suppose if you've been paying attention, we know this has been coming because... Microsoft has been telling us for a good few months, if you listen hardly. Um, so I kind of wanted to to get you guys here, pick your brain, see what you're thinking. Let, let's let's talk about it. Let's shoot the breeze. Dave, I kind of wanted to start with you, mate, just because Microsoft recently released their quarter finances. And it's, and it's the first one that we've seen since the ABK merger. So you kind of being our, our finance guru, is there anything kind of in that report that you kind of looked over that, that's kind of made you go, this is why, and this all makes sense to me, or is it just this is happening just because? Yeah, there's a few things in there that stuck out that were quite interesting. Um, one of them was the impact of the um, net results of ABK being brought brought into the, into the fold. Um, I did find it amusing that they chose not to in, include the uh, the adjusted net impacts into their prior year for comparatives so you could actually see if things were growing or not Com- when combined they left it out and just said oh you know xbox gaming re- or play microsoft gaming revenue has gone up 61 percent and then in the fine print they say uh yeah but it's been impacted by 55 percent from abk um and and stuff like that. So, and then when you look at the that a slide there for the breakdown of what the actual impact overall was, um, it turned out to be a, a loss. They they took on the the bending in, net impact was nearly half a billion dollars loss um, out of that. And keeping in mind that the December quarter is Activision Blizzard King's biggest quarter of the year because it had the COD launch in yeah. it. So going yeah, and forward, Christmas as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. So going forward, that's not painting a, a rosy picture. 
Um, and you can understand straight away why they laid off 1,900 people and there'll be more to come because that's that's a long way away from, from meeting the, the goals expected. Um, you know, Microsoft CFO at the time when they were trying to close the deal and all those court cases were going on was, was on stand saying, well, you know, we said it's got to be profitable from day one. It, it shareholders expect a return from day one. We're spending $70 billion. We need something for it. And lo and behold, the first quarter after they had them for the whole quarter, no good. So, um, yeah. and then Xbox so pretty, itself. Yeah, pretty stark. Yeah. yeah. And then I put some tweets out where I separated the two and tried to explain this. Everyone got mad at me saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, well, <laughs> let's look at what Xbox did without Activision. In the December quarter, which was supposed to be again its big quarter for the for the um, for the year, again they had negligible growth year on year. Last year was horrible for them, and they've only grown slightly from that. And the hardware wasn't moving; the growth in the hardware was yeah. was rubbish. And that's even after they discounted it heavily to try and sell units. So there's a few underlying points there which is just not painting a rosy picture and again no word about uh game pass subscriptions no word about um network services or anything like that they spruiked about having 200 million monthly active users but they didn't explain how they came up with that number in great detail they just said oh we added these ones and these ones and that's what we get so there's an awful lot there that's got more smoke and mirrors around it and I suspect given the outcome of the you know the last week or so that um, it's no surprise that we are where we are with it because it does not look healthy Wow yeah interesting I mean obviously this week I mean Joe you've you've I've seen a couple of tweets from yourself as well kind of what's kind of your been sort of highlight thoughts then when you when we're seeing all this unfold from Sun was it Sunday I think it was Sunday yeah uh, from seeing the <laughs> from seeing people's thoughts on Sunday, um, I got it, it, okay. I'm just gonna be real, guys. Do it, do it, man. It's been. I usually play games more than Twitter, but last 72 hours, it's been real hard not to be on Twitter to watch grown men cry. <laughs> um, seeing, I, like, I was. Yeah, I work on weekends, so like. You know, it was a slow, it was a slow weekend and I pop on Twitter and I see just like, I'm not a, a Xbox fanboy anymore. And I just, I couldn't help but like, just dive in, you know, just to get my, get my ear into what like these folks are saying and, and screaming about. And I, I just, it made me gleeful, like, like kind of a shit eating grin because to me, I like to talk about games, right? Like I don't like to do the the console war, you know, jargon. And to see these people panic, uh, these people that are like the lazy content creators that are just like, here's the Xbox versus PlayStation thing of the week that we have to drudge through. Yeah. And it's just based off feelings, not fact. And it's not even about the games. It's about like the sportsman mentality. To see these grown fools all of a sudden come to the realization that they have to make creative content um, and panic because they can't uh, come to the realization that they're not going to be hired at Microsoft as their graphics design department <laughs> had me so goddamn 
gleeful. Um, that's probably the most like fanboyish thing I'll ever say. But like, you know, when I when I see what's going on, uh, these these influencers panicking, it's because they're in a corner. They have no idea where to go. Yeah. yeah. And so to me, I, I hope with this, what this week and next week brings, it's kind of an end to what the dialogue has been since the start of this generation and hopefully get back to the games, right? Yeah. Like the reason why, why we love video games is like David, excellent breakdown, but like, you know, it's not for like the you know, financial returns. Like I want to know about like last of us part three, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like when I take a look at, you know, Xbox's um, portfolio as it were right this year, um, just as an outsider looking in, I'm often told to like, shh, 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 you're not in this place. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. But I'm like, but console numbers are down. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a very strange thing to me because, you know, we for the last you know year or two, you know, we're all like, wow, Starfield is going to change things. Like Starfield is the big game from Xbox. Like this is going to be the thing that hopefully starts you know, shifting the tide to say, no, 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 no. Xbox has great games to play too. And while I think that Starfield is great, it's a really fun game. It's one of my favorite games last year. It didn't move the needle. No. Um, and what we've seen is Microsoft stuck in this, okay, our, our system's going to sell around 50 million units in its lifetime. Um, you know, we're going to have around 30 million, uh, you know, subscribers on Game Pass. Yeah. And that's our ceiling. And that's not good enough if you want to make bigger, more bombastic titles, you know, uh, place. And listen, as I say that PlayStation's in a similar situation there, it's, it's not like everything's good. They won, you know, the console war, there's parades in the streets for them. They have to ask themselves a similar question. The only difference between them is that they have time to think it over. Uh, PlayStation has found out that, Hey, Listen, if we make a game that's not Spider-Man and it's amazing, it's going to sell about 15 million units. And if it doesn't sell as amazing, it's like 7.5 million. And that's kind of where we're going to land. Well, we need to find another way to grow. And so PlayStation's solution is, okay, PC. And now you've even even seen execs come out going, PlayStation's future is in console first, PC, mobile, and cloud. Just like xbox said it like what five plus years ago Mm -hmm. right it's just playstation came to this conclusion i think later and probably again has the convenience of 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 having that time right um so that it's not weird that hell divers is launching it's a playstation second party but still exclusive game yeah yeah yeah. a playstation and pc day one it's it's okay it Xbox kind of normalized it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it is what it is. So, you know, we're, they're all stuck in this type of situation of growth. It just confuses me. And this is where I'll throw it back over to you guys. Is that why the, why the fuck make this deal in the first place? Cause it seems like Activision has changed Microsoft or changed Xbox more than Xbox is going to change Activision. Yeah. And I just find that strange. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Luke, what was your uh, overall? Oh, sorry, Davey, on you go. No, I was just going to say there's an there's an undertone or an inkling that has been around for the, since the deal was announced that it may have been the way that Microsoft was going to get rid of gaming out of their portfolio by a reverse merger. Um, 
to to basically get a everything bundled up together with ABK Bethesda and and bringing them on board to give some serious value to Xbox as a brand to be able to sell it to someone. So and that's still not out of the realms of possibility, but um, yeah, <laughs> it certainly is having an influence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so yeah, I was gonna say, Luke, you kind of seeing all this shit this week. What was uh, yeah. what's kind of been your headlining thoughts? Um, well, I'm not, I'm not generally someone who um, enjoys, you know, Schadenfreude, but uh, it's been, it's been very <laughs> enjoyable um, this week. Fucking <laughs> um, isn't it? Yeah, oh God! Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, uh, and, and that's the Kardashians sounded like a drunk 54 year old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, it's not like, um, you, and that's not coming from like a, a, a console worry perspective or, a, you know, anything no, no, like no, that. No, no, it's coming it's, from common sense. It's yeah. just coming from, yeah, from common sense and just kind of seeing people, you know, who have this, they've kind of formed this, um, normative really it should be unnormative worldview around a brand and the brand is changing um and you know that that worldview is is sort of collapsing a little bit and and as joe said and as um david said as well it's you know a lot of that is to do with influencers you know who are fearful um about not being able to engage in the same way uh with their audience um, in terms of console wars or that rhetoric so that's been utterly delicious, to be honest. That's been really enjoyable to see that happening. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, beyond that, as a you know, as a, as an event, it's been very interesting. And obviously, this is still ongoing, and we'll get you know some kind of official confirmation um, next week from from Microsoft. Um, but it, I, yeah, it's just it's just very very interesting to me um microsoft pivoting you know let's assume everything's true here which certainly the majority of it seems to be um yeah know. well I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go on the assumption that it is true just because yeah. like i've pointed out on obviously on this podcast and others and in our discord microsoft has been telling us this you know tim stewart himself mm. told us this at wells fargo we spoke about this before yep. you know um he said this is happening people have just chose to ignore it because they went with phil spencer's question to jess Corden. jess asked him oh is, is game pass going to playstation well no but he wasn't asked but are you then going to sell games off the shelf? He was never asked that question. Mm. He was probably told not to ask that question. So we've—that's the thing. Reading between the lines, or in fact, it's not even, it's been, it's not even as, as, as subtle as that. It has been pretty blatant that this is happening. Um, yeah. It's, mm. it's just the finer details of the how, the when, and the why, isn't it? And that's what next week will will shine the light on. Yeah, exactly. And and I I, I suspect my inclination as to what they will do is and I was thinking about this the other day is that with the exception of the titles that you know they're going to bring pretty quickly I think what they will start doing is is dipping their toe into this in the same way that Sony dipped their toe into the PC market which is yep. which is do you know a day one on Xbox and then you know an indeterminate amount of time after the game comes to PlayStation or, or wherever some other platform um but I think as we know with Sony, you know, that they've done that for a while, but they're slowly starting to get
get more comfortable with the idea of doing that day one now at least with their service games for sony i suspect microsoft might um be quicker in terms of their single play games um but um yeah i mean it's been it's been really interesting and, and the hints have been there for a long time uh and yeah. i think you know that david's breakdown was very helpful and i looked at the financials briefly uh, a couple of weeks ago and i think the big one that stuck out for me was that that um year over year um consoles you know hardware sale revenue which i think i think was up three percent year over year correct me if i'm wrong david but as you mentioned that was even with a horrendous discounts. year in 2022 wasn't yeah. it as well and, and, and yeah. heavy discounts um on the consoles um in terms of the the quarter um and you know obviously microsoft for, for a good while have have um you know tried to pivot away from from hardware sales but when when they're so flat like that and when the thing that they've pivoted to which is subs- subscription services is also quite flat which they've told us at least on console yeah. then you get into you know a bit of a troublesome position particularly after you've spent a, a large amount of money trying to gather efficiencies um for for the software for the services uh, you offer anyway so um it's it's not too surprising um i didn't expect them to do it quite so quickly um but uh it's going to be really interesting how they frame this next week i think yeah so obviously luke you mentioned there that you think there'll be like a staggered delay I, i'll tell you my thoughts on that and then, and then joe and dave you, you can you can kind of put your two cents in like i'm not suggesting that that's not how it's going to be I just don't think that works because I think to myself, okay, so a game launches, just say today, on Xbox, on Game Pass, quote unquote free. So then in six months or a year's time, you expect PlayStation users, after the game's a year old, to pony up, hey, didn't even mean that, to pony up 50, 60, 70 bucks for a year old game that your competitor got for free. It doesn't Mm. work. Like, to, like for example, imagine Hi-Fi Rush dropped tomorrow as a shadow drop and it was 70 bucks. I don't see many people picking that up at all. No one. So that's where I don't think the delay actually works. I think it needs to be day and date. It needs to be the day it goes on Game Pass. That's fine. They've got their model. You get it for nothing. We're launching it on PlayStation and it's 70 bucks and it's your choice to buy it or not. And you're only... Your only exclusion then is the price. Your exclusion is no longer time or it's no longer console specific, it's whether you want to spend the money or not. I don't see time it, working. I think it's I think it's time for the moment. Um you know, I, I think this is gonna help them kind of like think of it as like them paying off their development costs more than anything. <laughs> um because like yeah, like Hi-Fi Rush being 70 bucks wouldn't not not no. No way. Uh, I think that's a great way of saying, hey, hey, listen, Xbox folks, Xbox fans, let's be real, right? Uh, for the non-Tim Dogs out there, the rational people that are <laughs> like, hey, man, I've been supporting you since like the 360 days. We're, like, you just going to do this to me, dog? This A good way of them going, no, 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 no. You get these games six months to a year out, um, and then PlayStation, or, you know, everyone else a year afterwards, something similar what, you know, happens with PlayStation and PC for the most part, right? Helldivers being multiplayer, so it's exempt from that. But, like, you know, look, you got Last of Us a, a year plus after, or not, not sorry, a few months after um, 
you know, the PS5 release. We still don't have a release date for uh, Part 2 Remastered. But, like, we have God of War. We haven't seen Ragnarok yet, you know. Horizons are going to be two years out. Those games aren't going to sell gangbusters, I wouldn't believe, on PC. But it's going to be something for them to recoup costs on what is an ever-growing budgetary concern, which is, you know, how much these games cost in the development cycle. Yeah. So to me, I think that's that's Xbox's way of selling it to the Xbox fans. Again, the rational same people that aren't going to have seven hour, uh, you know, uh, Twitter spaces about it. And, um, and that's going to that's going to help them go. Okay, all right. Then this is what. And, and honestly, this is what I think of Xbox. Xbox is where I go play the Game Pass games. Yep. So, like, you know, would I have waited for Starfield if it's a year out on PlayStation? I'll be honest, probably not. I would have at least tried it out on Xbox. So, I, I think, for me, I, I actually tend to think that that's probably the solution, at least for the time being, as, you know, what Xbox certainly sees as a future, which is streaming cloud mobile, Um and that's what they're they're betting into. So I, that's what I kind of think. I think the, the the delay works. I don't know. Maybe just me, hmm. Dave. Opportunities, um, and that's they've got positive and negative opportunities sitting in front of them. The negative opportunity, uh, without going into detail, is that they take till the end of the decade to complete this transition if they go through with what some of us are expecting that they're going to do. And as you know, at the time of recording this, we've already seen some stuff pop up with some rebranding on it. Um, if they take too long to do it, they will miss out on their opportunity to capitalise on the shift and they'll piss everyone off. Um, what positive that they have, though, is current and existing titles that are Xbox games or Microsoft games, studios, ABK and all the rest of them, they've got opportunities there to um, put them into Game Pass as their sort of legacy collection, backwards compatibility, whatever you want to call it. They can put it through Game Pass and run it through there as as their streaming option and then put their smaller games, some indie games, you know, fill out a decent little subscription service. I shouldn't say little, but a decent subscription service there without all the third party. So they unload all that third party cost of having to pay to get games into the service. And I, a while ago, I can't remember which uh, reputable um, publication put out a list of um, it was like thirteen or fourteen games that they'd they'd were told yeah, how much from it the cost. FTC case yeah, yeah. fourteen yeah. games was over like a billion dollars for the year in terms of paying yeah. third parties to put something in the game pass you don't that's unsustainable so you get rid of all that yeah. you focus just on what studios you've got now and you put them into a service which means you can now offer that service to Nintendo uh, on the Nintendo platform. You could offer it on the PlayStation platform. The provisor would be you're not competing in the console space and you're not taking away their third-party piece. You can put um, games like Hi-Fi Rush in that or you can make them available for $20 or $30 or whatever you want to do. And you can have your multiplayer games in your subscription service um to, to be able to access them and then have them free to play on whatever the other platform options are. So that's option one of their main options. Then with new games that are coming through, they can do something like what EA and Take-Two and, and um, Ubisoft and that do, which is you can build the game yourself or you can be the publisher for a third, an independent, or you can 
going do these deals like PlayStation and Nintendo do, where they f- partly fund the game and it's done by a, an external studio, which is a you know we call it a second party, but they don't like using that anymore. So if you no. if they've got those options available to them right now, they don't have the huge loss issue of trying to cover the losses from a console, and their storefront um, exposure is not taking a hit. In fact, it's growing to a wider audience. It's just sensible business to pursue that in a method that makes sense. Are we going to get game AAA games out of Microsoft Gaming Studios at $70? It's very likely we will if they can solve their quality issue, uh, which requires a, you know, a bit of a change in management and thinking. But if they're not... But, if they're not held back by, <laughs> they're not held back by constraints on a on a um, hardware front. We'll put it that way diplomatically. Then that's the, what what you mean is the, the potato, right? That's what you're getting at here. Yeah? Well, <laughs> you not, can see it. Don't worry. Yes and no. <laughs> uh, look, if they design for um, cloud gaming first, and then, or they design for the PlayStation unit first or they design for a PC unit first and then port to whatever. It, which Whichever way they go, they need to focus on one first and then go to the rest. And that can be done concurrently. That could be done after a three-month piece. It'd be whatever. If you're going to build a big game that's worth $70, you want to put it where people are going to pay $70. That isn't on Xbox. Yes. And all these people, influencers and loyalists and fanboys, and, and I, it drives me nuts that they call themselves this because if you are proclaiming you will get it free on Game Pass and you stacked up all these $1 deals and all these free months into eternity, you're not part of the solution. You're actually part of the problem that's led to this point. You can't expect a great point. daddy big bucks to keep forking out cash to backfill something if there's not a return coming at some point. They've spent the money now. They've got to figure out how they're going to contribute to it. And as I said just before, Three months in, it's not looking great. But their opportunities going forward to be able to throttle what, where they choose, pick and choose where they put things out. I PlayStation gamers are probably not going to go for Hi-Fi Rush. Nintendo gamers will. They'll go for that thing like crazy because it's it's mm-hmm. that sort of style that they enjoy. So it's it's more horses for courses. I think you know Indiana Jones and an Avowed and those ones, I don't know if they're $70 games. They're certainly in the $50 range um, and they, they do well on PlayStation and PC. They might not do so well on Nintendo. So it's it's just picking the moment and picking where they're going to send it first and, and making sure that they maximise their player base. This whole 3 billion screens thing, we've been hearing 2 billion screens for the last 7 or 8 years and they're not even... <laughs> close to having moved the needle on that so it's it that's a that's a pipe dream that'll never happen but they need to get real and focus on what market is there and capitalize on that not try and achieve a target that is never going to be achievable yeah no i think that's great points to be fair and yeah i agree actually with i actually saw someone on twitter the other day gloating that they had stacked game pass for five years and i'm like yeah well done <laughs> Congratulations! Congratulations! <laughs> this is what, yeah, this yeah. is what you get, boys. Isn't it funny? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it funny? Everybody's game pass is running out next week. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy, isn't it? Can I? Um, yeah. I just want to just touch on something that nuts. that was brought up um, before. Yeah. I, oh, 
this is going to sound like a complete oxymoron. I really don't like talking about the business side of gaming with gamers because the usual response I get is, I don't care about the business, I just want to play the games. And I hear you, mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I just want to play games as well. However, when yeah. you get to a situation like we're currently at and people are up in arms going, why is this happening? When I try to explain to them it's happening because they've got no money, they just don't want to hear it because it's mm-hmm. it's like you're taking the candy away from them. So it's fine if people don't want to talk about it, that's fine, but don't ask the question and then mm-hmm. complain about the answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Joe, you only go. Yeah, no, that, yeah, no, that I, I agree, I, I agree with that uh, heavily because, like, for me, it's like, yeah, I want, to, I want to talk about the games, but I think the business aspect is also, it's important. I always, I, I never want to put myself because I'm not like you, David. I'm no expert on any of this. As like the, I'm the end all be all, which I think a lot of uh, gamers TM tend to do. It's like, hello everybody, I am, uh, I've been a gamer for 47 years, and now today I am an, uh, an engineer. Tomorrow I'm a economist. Like that, like that's where it's like the slippery slope for me. Um, so like the way I see it is like, you're right. I, <laughs> everything you just said makes a whole lot of sense to me. And I think it's the logical step for Microsoft and Xbox to kind of go, okay, so like, look, what's, what's truly next for us. And we've been trying to compete head on with PlayStation for years and we're seeing it's not working. We're seeing that like, yeah, Listen, the idea of Game Pass would work if it was at a hundred million, uh, you know, subscribers. But we've stalled at thirty, and you know, again, it's what I mentioned earlier. It's like them hitting their ceiling, and so like to me, I have no problem uh, double dipping into Sea of Thieves. I love Sea of Thieves, and if you're telling me I get to earn now trophies in it, yeah, sure, go for it, fire would away. Would you pay for I'm it? I'm not though? into. Would you pay for it? Oh. 100 okay, percent. yeah yeah, yeah. i love see a thing okay fair enough yeah fair enough. you know i i know i like i know a few folks that are like uh you know nintendo fans and they're like oh yeah I'll, i would check out for the right price i'll check out a hi-fi rush absolutely would so you know i i don't think that this i think you know a lot of folks not that we're doing it are like doom and glooming xbox uh, I, I see, uh, you know, one of my my good friends. Uh, I won't name him for name, but his name's Captain Logan, and he, he's he, he's gone through the like. Well, what happens to my catalog? You know, I've been I've been an Xbox fan for years. I've supported you know Game Pass, but I also buy my games. And what's going to happen? Are my is my catalog going to be over? And I'm like, I think we're skipping ten steps to get to this cataclysmic oh, yeah. conclusion yeah, yeah. you got yourself to. Yeah, um, so like while while things look a little dire. It's not like it's the end of the world. Microsoft just kind of sees the tea leaves of just like, okay, in order for us to compete, we need to pour way more money into these, to the development of these games while supporting things day one on Game Pass. We've even seen them have the conversations of like, can we decouple ourselves from day one? And that was years ago. So like you could kind of see them going, we don't have the stockpile to do both of these things. We need to create that stockpile and this is our best way of of doing it so like to me you know again it 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 seems like xbox is in a backed into a corner uh, or it's like the end of days and we're you know gonna give shitty eulogies for them but like it's not they're they're just evolving and and i think that's the main takeaway every every everything 
uh, whenever I whenever I see any story around this, I'm like, this is just an evolution, and change is 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 weird, but it's oftentimes like just good for us, you know? Yeah. Plus, obviously, I think what you're saying is is, is spot on, and it's the fact that obviously the the overlying captain of the Xbox ship is Microsoft, and I, I don't know if you know this, but they're a pretty big deal. And, <laughs> you know, these, these guys, they, they're, they're pretty big, Microsoft, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't think there's 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 any sort of long-term doom and gloom. I'm saying that, it's still a business, I get that, you know, and, and, and Dave will probably, no, 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 they could, they could do this. Um, from you looking at the finances point of view, you're looking at it from the, from, the, from the gamer perspective, going, no, no, it's well. Microsoft, it's fine. You know, there it is, see, I can yeah. hear it. But um, I get, I know, listen, I, I, I get it. And I wouldn't want to think about the um, the doom and gloom either. That it's one day not going to exist. I think it's more likely that an Apple or a Google buys out or even an Amazon buys out, doesn't it? Like you mentioned, Dave, about, what did you, what did you call it? Reverse consolidation? Is that reverse, what you described it as? Reverse mergers. Fuck it, I've learned something. We've learned something tonight, folks. Look at that. We've All learned right. something. Look at that. You know, so I think that's probably more likely, isn't it, long term? You know, especially when cloud gaming becomes the norm. I would be far more comfortable in the future of Xbox mm-hmm. or future of gaming from Microsoft if it didn't have the other divisions of Microsoft lording over its head. Because there will come sure. a time with that massive company if this rehash doesn't work where they'll look at a report and the report's got a big red negative number on it and they will say it will be cheaper for us to just turn it off, turn it off. And they'll do the same thing they did with Mixer and Nokia and all the rest of it. They'll just pull the plug and that's it. And then then we'll be on the commiserations and consul- uh, condolences and we've lost a really good friend. Um, conversation because yeah. that we'll that's start singing in the arms of the angel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be a it'll be a it'll be a <laughs> glorious event, but um, for all the wrong reasons. The I would be much more comfortable in the future of this thing if it wasn't with one of the big tech companies. I I, I genuinely think that getting it away from Microsoft and not having Apple or Google or Amazon or any of those other ones fiddling around with it, trying to wedge their way into a market that they don't understand being you know entertainment and gaming um i would be far more comfortable yep. if someone like savvy or even tencent or someone whose primary focus is the gaming industry and are a leader in that zone bought it and took it on and focused on it and actually made it work because at the moment the mm. business model that's that's existing in Microsoft, which is biz- primarily business-to-business engagements, they are having a horrible time in translating that from business-to-business to business-to-consumer. And look at every other consumer-facing um, division that Microsoft has. They all perform very poorly, but they've got a corresponding business-to-business division that supports it, and they can carry those small losses because mm. there's continuity across that's how they dominate, yeah. you know, Microsoft Office, and that's how they d- dominate with a lot of those other software solutions because they've got it in the workplace and at home. Microsoft at home, mm. horrible. It performs horribly. They lose money on that like crazy, but it's offset by the money they suck out of businesses. So, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel it as at ease if this thing doesn't work and I don't think they're going to give it the amount of time that it needs. So I said they can't 
wait till the end of the decade to complete this transition. They've got to do it quick, otherwise this thing's in real strife. But does it mean that they turn it off or does it mean that they pack it up and sell it? Before they bought Activision, they could have probably offloaded it for $20 billion and come out in front. And a lot of people complained about that number and said, oh, it's too low, it's too low, it's too low. And like $20 billion to get out of that is a great, great balance point for the person buying the person selling or the organization buying and selling now to cover off on what they've now just done we're talking somewhere north of 85 to 90 billion dollars at a minimum assuming that they can maintain the discounted cash flows to support that level of um valuation otherwise they could have they may have just spent 80 billion dollars plus in in total amount of money spent to get Activision, get it on board, and then basically erode its value down to something like 50. And if if they do that, the the, the option to sell it doesn't exist anymore. They just turn it off because then they don't have to unload it off the books. Yeah. The one one question that none of us have answered or we've not even asked yet and Look, I'll ask you first. Speaking as a just as a gamer, do you think this plan is a good plan? This third party plan. We've not actually we've not actually asked that question yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, as it's a an gamer. interesting one. As a gamer, um, I mean, as a gamer, does it really impact me at the moment? Probably not. Um, provided their Game Pass. Uh, you know, the, the the Game Pass plans stay the same. They may change as well. We don't know. Um, so it doesn't really impact me right now as a concept, um, looking at, at it from a gamer perspective. I don't particularly like it um, because I think everyone is a bit better when Microsoft are taking gaming, at least in terms of... Um, you know, traditional console models very seriously. And, uh, you know, with this news, it, it's clear that they're not anymore. I mean, they arguably haven't been for a, for a good while, but um, they're definitely not now. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess as a gamer, does it make sense? Um, well, it doesn't impact me that much at the moment, but longer term, I do have concerns about it, yeah. Yeah. So what would, you, what would your long-term concerns be? My long-term concerns are simply a lack of competition in the console space, um, particularly because I, I'm, I've always been mm-hmm. of the mind that exclusive content is absolutely fundamental to the gaming industry. It's mm-hmm. It's been its principal driver over the last however many years. 30 um, years, yeah. And I know that people say, well, you know, maybe times are changing, and, and maybe they are, but I don't ever see a world where you know, people are getting into console manufacturing and don't want, or or at least the majority of participants in console manufacturing don't see uh, console exclusive games as a driver for console sales. Um, obviously for Microsoft, this isn't really going to matter as much anymore um, because, you know, their, their drivers will not be related to trying to increase console share. Um, they will have consoles, I'm sure, um, at least another generation, um, but I, I really, yeah, I just, I just that that doesn't sit right with me, and it's not, it's not for 
console clout or, or not wanting people to have access to games but no no i think i think we get better games because the console manufacturers are trying to compete on that basis or at least one of the things they're trying to compete on arguably the most important thing is that um so yeah uh, that's that's what i'd like but yeah. you know microsoft don't see it that way yeah no i mean i i do wonder if there'll still be some form of microsoft exclusive and it'll be more well listen the abk staff will be third party the Zenimax staff will be third party you know look at mm-hmm. death loop and things like that and elder scroll 6 and okay we made a mistake with starfield it was originally getting made for playstation we fucked up there but we're still going to have our own thing or you know i i don't envisage a single notion that halo is going to be on playstation that i cannot for a second fathom um, so i still think there will be some sort yeah. of split it's possible for halo to be on playstation if playstation gets game pass and it's in there and and then you know technically it is technically it is and I, I i don't put a lot of faith in pushing um the exclusivity wheelbarrow down the road if they've not got a frontline competing hardware point that they need to support to to show yeah. If if yeah. they get out of the hardware piece, which I really think that they should, whether they will or not, it's their decision. But I really think they should get out of the hardware and just focus on the game, the software stuff, because that's what Microsoft and Xbox are really good at when they focus on it. Yeah, and I also think as well that once all, all it will take for them to go in that potential direction uh, in terms of a long term you know, bringing absolutely staple franchises to other platforms like Halo, all it will take will be a series of decent successes in other games that they're bringing over, Um, particularly if they're games that they wouldn't necessarily associate with being significant sellers. So if if Hi-Fi Rush does well, um, and a few others do well, if Starfield does very well, then they must look at that and go, well, we've got, you know, a really a really good thing here and there will be big questions asked as to whether you know how much are we keeping away from those audiences when those audiences have been very receptive to what we've brought so far if this all crashes yeah, and burns yeah. then you know i don't i they may revert to type it depends but um yeah I, I i could see a world in the future where something like halo comes to playstation but it will it will just depend on how the next year or two go in terms of this strategy and and how it's paying off yeah i i i think listen i'm gonna be real i think the whole slate's going um do you really in time Uh, yeah in time i just cannot see halo ever been on playstation i just yeah but i suppose maybe it's because i'm willing it because uh i would love a good halo on playstation i mean there's been reports and like like some some stuff of like the next halo yeah, you know, like hinting that it it will be on other platforms besides yeah. Xbox, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because sorry, listen, Dimitri, as, I was going to say because because the rumors yeah. are it's going to get pushed to Unreal, isn't it? And that then probably yeah. suggests that it is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. the the you know the way I see it, short term, yeah, no, this is awesome. Uh, again, more people get to experience great games. Uh, High Fire Rush deserves you know more flowers than I think it it's it's gotten. Um, when it comes to like the multiplayer games, like why not? It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, more for more gamers getting into play a multiplayer game means that the longevity of that game is, you know, 
is 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 lengthened. So like to me, it's you know a short term, yeah, awesome that I the notion of playing Starfield on my on my PlayStation excites me. The long term look of it is. Listen, um, you know, we got arrogant Sony in the past. Um, the fear of arrogant Sony rising back up or like a Jim Ryan part two uh, Sony kind of rise up and, and go, hey, listen, the next PlayStation 600 bucks. That's the future that I get kind of um, but that, nervous. By. That's probably on the cards anyway. We, you know, we we are gonna, we, you know, the PlayStation Five Pro is not. You're not gonna get much change from six hundred bucks, I no. don't think, and it's yeah. not gonna be long before eighty dollars retail price for. A, I don't think we're that far away, or they seriously start pushing more anything to get add-ons to the game. You know, i.e., early access. Mm-hmm. There's ten quid. You get it five days early and stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. I don't go there. I fucking hate that predatory stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 I mean, there's there's at that point there's nothing really stopping them and listen uh, again I, I think to hop on like what dave was kind of um talking about earlier as well when it comes to like xbox it just kind of saddens me that this was the the counter of of playstation was accompanied by microsoft where like i wish it was someone else that could have pushed them i think harder to compete for our dollar more because let's listen it's been a rocky road for xbox ever since the one era and you know it's you know they're how can i say this you know the the state of xbox allows playstation to make some moves that like yeah raising games up to like 70 bucks right raising up your playstation plus by like 10 15 bucks right like that stuff um that's what i'm concerned of as a long for the long term as a playstation gamer now listen will games rise up in price absolutely they will of course right have the wave of inflation all that jazz but that's what i'm scared of there's not going to be a check and balance in this space particularly but the one thing that i keep hearing is again like the notion that playstation is in a similar boat they're in a much better boat with way less holes but they too have a problem of like this isn't their ceiling mm-hmm. they're very lucky that the ceiling's very successful but the margins are getting smaller, smaller. and smaller because yeah. the games are getting more expensive and so like playstation is looking at you what we see like pc dates right i just i don't know all of this to me, I, I there's just something in the pit of my stomach that 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 the words are losing me. That this doesn't spell good for the console base, but as we see, you know, the rise of things like the Steam Deck. Uh, once we get a few years down the line with like things like cloud gaming and all that jazz, I think that's when we're going to start seeing. Oh wait, no, actually, maybe there isn't nothing to quite fear because PlayStation could have competitors in that of like a Valve, for example. I think you, you, so, you've yeah. touched on and nailed it right on the head there that the big driver of competition is not necessarily going to come from another console coming into the, the space. It'll be from the cloud gaming piece. And in the background, mm-hmm. PlayStation is pouring cubic amounts of dollars into getting up to speed on cloud gaming so that they don't get left behind and don't get slaughtered by it. Because if, if you can play your game anywhere on any device, and like who hasn't heard that one before? Yeah. Play your game anywhere on any device, and yep. all of a sudden a console tied to a TV in the living room is not a portable device, well then... There'll be the 80 
you know, 80 to 90 million console users who will buy them, but then they need to be able to substitute something else in to compete with that cloud platform. So I, I yeah. suspect that, or even be the- like that of like, like like Apple with the iPhone. Yeah. Um, l- look, it, it could play Assassin's Creed, an actual Assassin's Creed game, an actual like RE4 remake on that phone by just simply hooking your phone up to the TV. And I think that's like also where like Microsoft sees things too is like again like how viable. And I know we always say this each and every generation, but like, how long is a, is a game console going to last when you have things like, you know, Apple Vision coming to market and when you have things like, you know, um, uh, uh, portable like PC gaming, like things like that that could disrupt uh, an industry or industries. It's not unthinkable. That's right. Right. The iPhone already did that already. You know, iPad did that. So, like, to me, it's also thinking outside the literal box of like, what does the gaming landscape, not console gaming, but gaming landscape uh, look like? Because look at we're old men. We love our, the controllers in our hands. Right. But we're seeing. Uh, you know, the PC market is growing. I see a lot of people jumping over to PC. I see kids on their uh, on their iPhones playing Fortnite in, in in a restaurant. Like the way to consume games has already drastically changed. PlayStation needs to find a way. Sony needs to find a way of how to connect to a consumer that has been playing primarily on an iPad. And they need to try to persuade people that have played majoritively of the time on PC. How do you do that? So there are things outside the console space that could rein Sony in a bit as well. Because, yeah, like Sony's not like walking out of this going, oh, today's a good day. It's like, okay, all right, now uh, now what? Now what do we Their do? Their focus needs to change. And the next PlayStation, like yep. the, the, the specs we've seen so far for the PlayStation 6, is a, it's a hardware monster and it, it's going to be this, that, and everything else. Dual core CPU, um, a few other bits and pieces built into it because it's, it's being designed to effectively be a server blade that sits outside of PlayStation's cost control so that they can provide this massive cloud gaming um, network where they're not having to charge consumers huge amounts of money on an ongoing basis to run these server banks and these data centers. However, does that mean that we're going to end up with a six or seven or eight hundred dollar console that sits in the house? It, it very well may be, but what does that mean in terms of the the flip side to that? They give us a box that's just a, a, basically a shell with an internet connection, and everything is then streaming, cloud gaming, and you don't have physical anymore and you don't have your own libraries anymore or you can have your digital library but you've got to you know, play it via streaming and then they're charging us twice what they're currently charging us per month to have access to that streaming capacity because it's just the costs are blowing out ridiculously. Right? There's a lot of permutations in the background here about what is the next generation looking like and it's it's as you said, it's not just for PlayStation to sit back and go, you beauty, we want it their first reaction should be right who do we what are we looking at next what is our next threat what is our next competition point who are our rivals who are our allies you know uh, what are we doing and when you and when you see those from the insomniac hacks you could very much see they're like oh shit like they do view game pass as a threat they also view mobile gaming yeah and and microsoft being there early 
as like a, a threat to them. Yeah, and it's not a threat in a, in terms of just having better looking games or selling more games or whatnot. The threat is because mm-hmm. it's it's it moved well beyond this a decade ago. Sony and Xbox and everyone else is competing for consumers' money, but not just restricted. And this is, you know, this this will lead into why we're looking at all these other play it anywhere sort of scenarios. They're not just trying to pull money out of a gamer out of their pocket because their marketplace is not competing. You know, it's not PlayStation competing against Nintendo competing against Xbox because a gamer is only going to have one of them. What they're competing for is people's disposable income that they might be spending on other entertainment factors like going to the cinema or buying movies or going out to a show or going out to dinner or going out for a weekend somewhere or going to a theme park. Like It's getting beyond just we're focusing on the, what money's available in this market. We're trying to be appealing as an option to everyone and then if someone's paying money into mobile games, well, then they're going to have less money available to pay for a PlayStation game or an Xbox game or whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. And this is where that whole monthly active users and player accounts and engagements and all that rhetoric bullshit falls on deaf ears because <laughs> you can have... Uh, use Powerwell for an example. What are they, 19 million players? Yeah. yeah. 11 million sales yeah. at 30 bucks a head on um, Steam. So, 11 million at 30 bucks a head is 330 million. The thing luckily mm-hmm. only costs like seven or eight million to make. So, that's, that's a big return. But, yeah, it's massive. Yeah. That's massive. But that's a lot of sales. But you look at some other games that $30 games that might only do two or three million in sales in total over three years. That's, that's not a lot of money. That's, that's not big margins. No. And who's who, if you've got a multi-billion or you know trillion-dollar company overhead to cover, you're probably losing thirty percent at least to your over your overlords' um, gratuity payments, corporate overheads, and all the rest of it. So if you're pumping stuff into a subscription service and getting nothing out of it, um, you've got to be very careful in in how you're pitching that to your customers, and then who is it pitched to? What platforms it pitched to? How do we basically how do we siphon as much money out of their pocket as possible that they're willing to give us, and then take a little bit more? Because that's that's the the trick. And then it's with advertising thrown in on top of that. That's passive income for the platform holder. And Microsoft has got a crap ton of more data to be able to do advertising than what PlayStation does and what Nintendo does because Microsoft's got access to information outside of their gaming networks. And, you know, that's why the expansion into PC and other areas for PlayStation. They can't get enough information to do more um, siphoning. They need more information. So then they, you know, all their um, music stuff and that's why they bought into Spotify and that's why they've bought into... um, Epic and all these other investments to get access to this information to be able to then go beyond. Advertising revenue is the primary revenue source for Candy Crush. It's like 70 or 80 something percent of the the revenue that comes in from Candy Crush. It's not the microtransactions. They could just keep churning advertising out. It's coming from another business. It's not coming from the consumer. It might annoy the consumer. But that's a massive revenue Hey, boys, stream. one sec. I got a work phone call. One second, boys. No worries. My apologies. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, sorry, Dave, when you go. No, that's right. It's, um, it's money just pouring in from other businesses, and businesses have got money to burn on it. Consumers don't. Yeah. So there's 
you know, all of these things to consider in what's a financially stable environment going forward versus what are they going to invest their money in to do. And just to tie it all back to the start of that long rant, with what the <laughs> landscape is looking like going forward, if there's no more Xbox console, then obviously there's those couple of things to discuss is what happens to my library, what happens to this, what happens to that. They're, they're quite simple solutions with whatever the next thing is, we could just move people's games over to a streaming option or we could move it over to some other option. Um, they've still got their console. They can still have their games accessible on that console for the next seven or eight years or whatever it is. But it's then how do we pay for that? Are we going to pass that cost through to the consumer or not? Will they stomach that cost? What are we going to do in terms of what the next devices look like? Where that competition is coming from? Do people want stuff more mobile? Do people still want to have that um, tethered at home? What does the gaming consumer market look like? We're fighting against not just other gaming companies, but now we're fighting against um, you know other disposable income items. Each you know. It, it, this is why I say I don't like talking about the gaming business with people that don't want to know because if you t- start talking about these broader impacts and their eyes glaze over and go, I just want to play the games. I'm like, great, stick to that lane. <laughs> Do not ask about why we're in this situation and just be happy you've got games. Yeah. <laughs> but, if you, but I suppose in a way, it's funny because people always kind of laugh at me when 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 I look at like the, the quarterly results and that. And, but at the end of the day, like, I, I, I don't care who or you know sony make profit or ubisoft make profit i do care but i i don't because i think oh well that's great i care because if they make money in my head they invest and they make more games and yeah shareholders are getting rich but for all that to happen they have to still make games and so that's kind of the way i look at it that it's all cyclical and it's all important whether you know whether it matters at the ground level or not they don't make money you don't get your games you don't get your follow you don't get your sequels etc so um obviously you, you mentioned subscription services and in, in your rant as you called it there dave look do you do you think that for example game pass is going to be affected by whatever the decisions are next week or do you think it's just going to be business as usual i think it's really hard to tell actually um mm-hmm. It's a loaded question, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah, you like those ones. Um, I do. <laughs> it's 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 when people it's like when people are asking me about the CMA and stuff, and it's like <laughs> it's like I'm not Mystic Maker. I can just tell you anyway. Um, um, yeah, no, I think it's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to it. I mean, I the whole point of the pivot to the game to game pass to, to a service a subscription platform for games for microsoft was because their you know their gaming sales in terms of their first party what limited first party at the time were abysmal right and it was a transformation of changing the way xbox looks at these things and trying to pivot into something that they they're very good at which is uh, software, but also other subscription services. They're quite, they were, even back then, they were quite good at those. So I would be, I would be somewhat surprised if they turned around next week or, or, you know, near, near future and said that they're pivoting back or reducing the impact of Game Pass, reducing what it offers. Um, because I don't see how, at least in the immediate term or even medium term, that increases sales on their platforms. 
um, if if to me if they're offering these games elsewhere on other platforms that don't have Game Pass, you would think that the the financials of that would be that they would at least be able to offset some of what Game Pass does, not all of it, but some, or at least offset development costs to some extent. So I'd be I'd be a bit surprised, but I think. I mean, I don't know. I mean, anything's on the table, isn't it, at the moment? Um, yeah. There have been some rumblings about it. Um, I think those those rumors have been less strong than than the other stuff. But it, yeah. it, it's difficult to know. It's difficult to know what direction they want to go in that. But, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, personally, I I, I think they're they're too far. They're, they're too far gone now. You know, we saw that during the, the FTC case, you know, leaked emails in the past about, oh, can we try and get out of this? Well, no, we can't. We're too deep. And I think, yeah, I think they're far too deep in it now. They've, they've fostered this notion that we don't have to buy games. Hence why we're yeah. trying to sell them on PlayStation. Um, and I, I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit. You know, like, even if they only sold, I don't know, we'll just say 3 million copies of GameX on PlayStation and 5 million of that one and 2 million of that one. If that covers the majority of the development cost, straight away, the savings there are massive. Because that's the one thing, you know, like when, when people come out with this bullshit that we've tried to tell them for years, that the Game Pass model financially doesn't work unless you're back by Microsoft. cannot physically make money. And that's and it's all very well saying, oh, yeah, we'll do Twitter maths and, you know, we multiply 12 months <laughs> yeah, by 25 million and, 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 and you get $12. You get 400 million a quarter and that's easily. Yeah, right? yeah. And it, do you know what it reminds me of, right? It's like it's like the day that you get paid, right? Your salary goes in, you're like, yeah, I'm rich. And you forget that on the first of the month, all your bills come out. You have to pay fucking bills no, on that. You've got a mortgage and rent to pay, you know? Ugh. Game Pass is profitable. Like, I'm fucking loaded on the 25th of the month, you know? For five days, I've got How did I've you guys know I had a work, call, uh, a, work, a work call? Oh, boys. Jeez. <laughs> that was a fun one. That was a fun one. Oh, nice. Nice. Welcome back in the room. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I yeah, just yeah. what the question. Don't so we talk about Microsoft Dead yet, or what? What are we doing? Yeah, we're just about. We're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> right, go, I, go, would go. Just, I just asked Luke. Whatever obviously emerges next week, do you think Game Pass will be affected by anything, or do you think Game Pass is just going to be business as usual from next week, and and nothing's going to change? No, things are going to change, but I got no crystal ball as to what it could be like a simple name change, right? It could be something more like adding the you know. ABK tier. Um oh, okay. you know, it could yeah, like they could they could raise the price again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's can, inevitable. They can, that is inevitable, yeah. yeah. And like be like, oh, and here's an ad tier for you guys. Like oh. it could be a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, no, I listen, I think I think next week is gonna be a substantial change for not just Microsoft, but it's it's gonna be for the industry. So yeah, I definitely think th- like to 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 us, like I, I feel like the conversation's like it's it's either all or just wait till next week, where I think it's like it's not an all or nothing situation. It is some things. Like just like everything. It's it's never the extreme. So I definitely think like, you know, they're gonna introduce it with Sea of Thieves and um Hi Fi Rush, but like and probably Starfield down the line. But I think it's going to definitely be a case-by-case basis in the moment yeah. and see it ramp up. Just like how I would, in truth, like it for PlayStation to do for their PC initiative. So that's that's what I think. I think we're going to get the introduction to Sea of Thieves. 
I don't think either one of them's a shadow drop, but I think you see them in like a month or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, one of the things that personally I, I, I think needs to change from next week is you guys have already mentioned it about the the so-called fucking influencers. I think things yeah. things need to fucking change because for too long, these influencers and the Microsoft executives have breached the line of yes. executive and friendship. And yep. these people are not your friends. Nope. But the thing is, is that Phil Spencer, Aaron Greenberg, etc., they've allowed it to happen. They're just as yep. culpable as these people thinking that we are your friends by. I'm not being funny. At one point, Phil, I don't know if he still does, Phil Spencer followed that that uh, catfish Puccini on Twitter. Like, what are <laughs> you doing following that account? Mm-hmm. And these fucking breakfast lunches, they meet and doing a little, doing a little cheesy little X with their hands. Look at us, we're so cool. No, you're fucking losers. That's what you are. Yeah. And what was kind of summed up when all this was going on on Sunday... Phil Spencer was playing Diablo as my little joke at the start, and he was getting <laughs> slagged off. It's like, let the man have a night off. But again, <laughs> for me, that's Phil's own fault. One, why are you friends with these people on your platform or, or on Xbox on your account? And two, why is your account not fucking private? You're the CEO. Get your account private. So for me, they're both culpable for this fucking this this nonsense that's gone on, and they need to separate. They need to cut the teeth and separate this now because it's gone too far it's became personal when it's not in the words of the godfather it's strictly business it was actually it was actually sunny sunny cornelione it wasn't the godfather anyway from the godfather just you know (laughs) (laughs) which is a classic oh which is a classic my good friend my uh my friend kev who filled in for uh kyle last week he's never seen it what What? he never gets on your podcast again he's done he's out i do i i told him he's got homework (laughs) if he ever even thinks about it no let let me jump in uh, in in on this one because this one is where i get passionate about okay um take the stage because yeah the parasocial relationships that microsoft has built with its audience is unhealthy it was always unstable and it was always bound to end up in catastrophe. You know, listen, Aaron Greenberg follows me on Twitter is something I can say. And to some people that means something to me, it means very little. It means a, a marketing guy follows me. whoop de fucking do Basil. Uh, when you're going out there and you're buying like hold the line merchandise from podcasts, you're giving them that feeling <laughs> of, Oh shit. There are like, they, they get it. They're, they're, they're holding the line just like us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you allow people to get too close to you and the brand, it makes them feel like um, that they are in the know and that they have and hold a special type of relationship and power to you, the 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 company. Mm-hmm. So we've seen a lot of people like Tim Dog. Uh, go out there and like have like these mental breakdowns on Twitter because they've built up this relationship with this man, this the all times and purposes loser person, um, because they saw oh he has a large following so we can talk nice to him and he will talk nice to us. It's actually one of the biggest problems that is coming up into this industry, which is how brands are looking at influencers differently differently than they are looking at the press slash media. They're looking at influencers going, we could give our games, for example, like the Suicide Squad, we'll give, or, or 
even better yet, uh, Yakuza, uh, Like a Dragon. Mm-hmm. We'll give this one guy QXC. I'd XC, never heard of him until then. Yeah, he like he hates Yakuza or whatever, like turn-based games. They gave him a huge sponsorship, and he doesn't even know what the game's about, right? Um, you know, it's it's those type of like, okay, we'll give like these random creators of huge followings this whole bunch of money to help showcase our games. Uh, we'll build up relationships and rapports with folks so that maybe they treat us and they and they throw punches a little bit lighter because we can hold up this imaginary thing of like, well, if you don't say what we want, we can always take it away. Um, that type of relationship. That's why when, when people are like, oh, like IGN's the devil, I, I think they're being run very poorly at the moment for sh- for sure. But like, I'd rather trust an organization like the VGC than, than honestly, like any influencer out there. Cause I used to be an influencer, uh, influencer relations manager. So like we all know about the, the green, yellow and red lists the blacklists right Mm. so to me that's that's the problem that we're running into that xbox i think uh one of the heads of larian even said it's like this should be a case study of like how not to do things because they've gotten way too personable they've cozied up with way too many creators that have no idea what the fuck they're talking about look at colt eastwood he's like oh uh redfall will be running at 6k f you know whatever (laughs) fps and it doesn't (laughs) oh this game's gonna be sick it's gonna be the and it's shit like real talk that whole press event it was embarrassing for every xbox creator there because they did not do any of the homework. Why did they get there? Because Xbox, Bethesda, they all knew these people are going to throw light fucking punches because they're just glad to be here. And how do I know that? Because I used to work in that part of the industry. So, like, when I when I see influencers think that they know what a CEO at that company at that level knows... It aggravates me (laughs) to no end because, like, dude, Phil Spencer's not your friend. Jim Ryan does not care about me. He cares more about his cats. Like, PlayStation, the company, I hold no, like, don't get me wrong. I cover PlayStation. PlayStation's the place I play the most. But I don't play there because Jim Ryan's my friend and Herman Hulse is very, uh, a very handsome man, right? Mm I'm playing on there because I love the experiences I'm getting from Naughty Dog, Insomniac, because I love my trophies. That's why I'm there. I'm there because of the developers that make that place special. I have and hold no obligations to any friendship uh, at PlayStation. That's probably why they don't fucking talk to me. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, these are just corporations. They do not and should not hold any type of special bearing to me as a person. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a gamer at the end of the day. I was raised on Nintendo. I grew up in my early teens with Xbox and through my late teens and, and into my adulthood, I've, I've played on PlayStation and PC. I love the experiences from all video games, but I make no mistake that when push comes to shove, Phil Spencer is going to do what Phil Spencer needs to do to keep his job and to keep that engine running. And so I've seen a whole lot of people going, oh, I got DMs from this person, that person. Everything's going to be okay. Oh, fake shock face here. It's like, <laughs> everybody just shut shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. And let's not base, you know, let's not state fact when you're building it off assumptions. Um 
it needs to change. I've always said it and I've always gotten like, like questionable looks, but I'll tell you right here, right now, I've spoken to some X, uh, Xbox PR people and, um, they have told me off the cuff that like, they know who's the toxic ones are and they know why they have to engage with them. But God damn that they hate, they hated engaging with those people. Wow. Uh, be, why? Because they, they knew fucking nothing. Yeah. They knew nothing and they knew that they were toxic. Yeah. But it, hey, higher ups, any press is good press. These people are, are yeah. you know, yeah. are doing our marketing for us. This this is our fan base. We have to support them. That's it's 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 the ugly realization at the end of the day. And again, Microsoft had to do that because they couldn't be like PlayStation and pick and choose who's going to cover their stuff because they are in a distant third. Yeah. So of course they've had to do, do that, but a long TED talk rant aside, and thank you for giving me that because this was my therapy. <laughs> we really have to reevaluate that companies are not our friends. Yeah, they're not people. They don't deserve handouts. They don't deserve benefit of the doubts. They deserve to be criticized, and they deserve to be studied appropriately, not to be cheered for, because they do not care about me. Yeah. As shown by last week when they laid off 1,900 people and then Phil Spencer goes out there and makes the fucking most robotic PR. We're going to give people the compensation based on state bullshit out there. They laid off 1,900 people. And the thing that angers me about all this, like, oh, the future of Xbox shit that we've seen, like Xbox people panic over is like, I would have much rather have that energy for the 1,900 people that just lost their jobs. Yeah. But we don't have that because it's about, you know, it's about Breakfast who's winning. Mornings. Yeah, exactly. It and that's it's it's just, it's it's a thing that sucks. And listen, like you know, going to those Activision layoffs, we knew they were coming. We knew it's a realistic part of the thing. But to see how bloody and how, you know, when I see people going, I don't know how I'm going to afford life saving medication. I'm sorry, but I care about that person way more than like. Uh, <laughs> You know, our game's gonna go day and day on to PlayStation. Like I care about that person more than more than that. So when I see these Xbox folks freak out about losing their exclusive box and not about the people that are making what that box is special, it's like, dude, go fuck yourself. Oh, how about the <laughs> honest to goodness, the group that were working all weekend to, at an event and then showed up mm -hmm. to start their their um get called in on their first day off to be told, oh, by the way, guys, no more job. You're out straight away. See you later. No severance. No nothing. Yeah, that that's fucking. No nothing. Yeah. That's fucked. And and again, I'll, and I'll say this here: the the you know Sony's day in the sun will come where they do something abysmal and ugly like this, and we'll hold them accountable. Yeah, because that's what we should do. Like how I held Bungie accountable when they went out and fired hundreds of people so that they could keep their bonuses. Yeah. And they could, and so five people could keep their jobs, and so they could, they could drive in their fucking Teslas, right? When Jim Ryan goes out there and goes, "Listen, <laughs> hi, females in this audience. You know, I also have a dog and a cat at home. I know things are rough out there, and you lost some rights, but you know, sometimes I I I think I should get a dog when I have two cats. Like that type of shit is just so mm -hmm. bonkers to me." It's like, no, Jim Ryan does not give a shit about his employees. Nope. Same, same with the folks at Bungie. They are all the C-suite execs that view everything as numbers and an Excel sheet. And 
if they and that's how they really look at us we have to look at them the same way you gotta earn our dollar right you know to me when i game on a platform it's an agreement that you're gonna give me things that i want and i'm gonna give you money for them and the day that you stop giving me the things i want is the day i leave and the day we part ways and for these influencers and I use that term very loosely. <laughs> it's why I was so gleeful on Sunday night, because all of a sudden they can't make this at Xbox versus PlayStation anymore. They actually have to think outside the box. They actually got to be critic, you know, criticizing Uncle Phil, which I'll give benefit of the doubt. Xbox does uh, that a lot, but like, holy shit. To see the copium, to see Colt Eastwood. I saw, I, I, w- I could never watch this podcast. I'd rather blow my brains out. But like to see, to, to see like the fake shock look, I'm like, oh, dude, are you five? God, I know. It's, it, it's, it's like if I walked up to my parents sh- with that shock face going, oh, mom, dad, someone at five years old go, oh, someone peed my bed. <laughs> I don't know who, but someone <laughs> don't did it. You know, it's like, come on, man. Just Jesus Christ. Luke, what were you going to say there, mate, sorry? Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. No, that was it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I went on a real big TED uh, Talk. I, was, I, I had I apologize. it just until Donnie said what I was going to say, and then it went. Um, it's come right now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was I was only going to say briefly. I think uh, and all really good points. And the, the bit that I wanted to say my piece on as well is, is you know, as a in general on, on Twitter, there is a real issue with these, um, uh, you know, parasocial relationships that people form. And the Xbox One is interesting because it's almost a, a pseudo parasocial relationship where, you know, Xbox are aware of these people of, of influencers and, and clearly, you know, utilize them to, to some extent um, and then kind of forget about them until the next time that they need them. But in that in that break period, in that interim, you know, these people form their identities around xbox around phil spencer and greenberg and and the brand in general and it becomes this sort of cycle uh this really damaging cycle to to the influencer where the whole the whole worldview is is based around this brand and um it's what you know you, you i remember hearing all the time you know or oh, jim ryan should be on twitter or herman holst should interact with fans more you know playstation doesn't have that that connection but actually good we, yeah we should we shouldn't that's not an aspiration we shouldn't want that connection i don't want to be connected to a brand like that um mm-hmm. i'm only in it like it's it's a it's a two-sided transaction this stuff right i'm in it for something and microsoft or sony or whoever are in it for another thing, namely my engagement and money. So yep. I'm, yep. I'm not going to become attached to people who are part of the other side of the transaction. Maybe this is just the lawyer and me speaking kind of weirdly. <laughs> but um, it, it just the, these parasocial relationships that are formed, and you see it with celebrities and other stuff in particular, but yep. um, it, it's, it's really damaging. Um, and By the way, when it comes to celebrities, guys, I saw Drake was trending. Don't yeah, click. No, Don't <laughs> click. I saw that as well. Don't I just, click. I, just I made a on very bad mistake. I didn't click. I just had it on my feet. It just came up on my feet. I was feed. like, oh, did he drop a new yeah. single today? Oh, he, click. He, he and dropped, let me he tell dropped you something. something, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let, me t- let me tell you something. Sometimes some guys just have it all. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, th- th- yeah, th- that's what I wanted to say on it. I, I just think this... Um, 
the, I'm glad this happened to some extent. Um, one for the for the Scheidenfreude, which is oh, lovely, but two um, because mm-hmm. it's helped. Hopefully, helped some people reevaluate what they've done for the last few years in terms of putting energy into something that isn't reciprocated in the same way. Um, you know, go out and form. I mean, these guys have friends, but but put focus into that. You know, real friends, um, not not Phil, not you know, our uncle <laughs> touching Jim, grass you know. and touching yeah. real yeah. people. And, yeah, yeah. You know, as as a PlayStation podcast, we we've often struggled with like, man, PlayStation, just talk to us a little bit. Not everything has to be a blog post. And it is times like this where it's just like, actually, you know what? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe you guys were. Yeah. But it's like it's like I think both of them do too much of the opposite thing. Um, but at the same exact time, like, yeah, the, 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 the relationships that Xbox, and I think if this is not going to teach them, they, they'll never learn. But I, I definitely feel like the way that they have not communicated with their audience this week is how it should literally always be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it should not be like, you know, yeah, it should be like Sarah going, Hey, look at this cool collector's edition of persona, which I need to play on game pass ironically um because i want to try it out it looks really good like it should be stuff like that it shouldn't be like you know here's the shirt i bought from your podcast post because that it's it's an unhealthy relationship yeah it really is yeah and dave sorry i interrupted you mate no no all good i was just gonna, uh what was i gonna say oh yeah the uh we were talking about it just before we we started recording about influences and and um it's it's great to get an insight about that side of it because i've always maintained the perspective that microsoft is or xbox nintendo to a degree have never tried to to play in the same sandbox as playstation with marketing it's playstation's marketing um, budget is ridiculous um so they go the grassroots campaign with the influences and it works to a point problem is you can't control them and if you threaten to take their livelihood away from them, of course they're going to react the way that they have reacted. Your cult can't talk about Xbox yep. as a platform anymore. Then what's he going to do? You know. Um, then you get these uh, reactions like what Tim Dog and others are having, and and capitulation and just going to pieces. You can take take the candy away from them, and they just get worse. So the controlling the narrative when you do that outside of a like a standard media organisation, so I said before, IGN or VGC or whoever it is, they've got rules and regulations they've got to follow and you can control the narrative that's coming from them. When you're using an influencer, you're basically giving them pennies in comparison to say something nice regardless of whether it's true or correct or not. And it's not just their own credibility that starts to suffer. Then you get things like what happened with Redfall. You get that blowback where it blows up in their face and people go, well, how can I continue to trust you? So they get back onto the banging the drum about, you know, I oh, will win the war, we'll win the war, and roll everyone up like it's a bloody election or a protest or something, and just do the old switch and bait, and then get everyone rolled up, and then the next game pops up. So I just the the I've never liked the the notion of using influencers, especially the ones that say that they're connected. Because as you just pointed out, <laughs> you, you could be, you know, connected online with with bloody um, anyone that's an executive of, of or a senior manager of you know of, of a particular division in an organisation. Yeah. 
so what? Who cares? I completely agree with, with what you were saying. I don't want Herman Holst and Jim Ryan out talking. Jim Ryan should never get wheeled out to talk to anyone. I hate it when they bring him out to talk. It sucks. He's hopeless at it. Don't mm-hmm. let him do it. Get Herman to do it. Or get someone else to do it. I'm yeah, serious. just get Herman he out there. Is yeah. horrible. Do never wheel that guy out to talk at, at anything other than a quarterly investors review and the annual reports where he just talks business because when he's talking about something that's not just business, it's shiteful. But I don't want him out here telling me, you know, this, that, and everything else. I don't care. Get back in the kitchen, mm-hmm. cook the fucking games, and show them to me when they're ready to play and tell me I can play it in a couple of months. That's what I, I, what I want as a consumer. Them, hey, <laughs> foam stars? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I want to play I'm, foam I'm, stars. I'm going to play that tonight. You hear me? <laughs> no, like, yeah, you're, you're, again, y'all, we're hitting it out of the park here. Whenever, like, because, like, to me, it's like when someone, like, name drops someone, and they're like, it, it's always like they're they're waiting for me to go, oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. Like, 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 and, like I, I I hate shouting him out because he's a huge piece of shit. But like Luke Lore over at the Xbox Expansion Pass is and hosts the best uh, Xbox podcast out there because he's giving you information that is not you know like garbage of like here's what feels like it's actual like talking about what the information's out in front of us and not you know. Hyping for hype culture's sake, and like he does not get nearly the 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 looks that he should because he's actually doing journalistic work. Yes. Like I recommend everybody listen to I think it's either last week's or the week before his episode where he interviews Steve Tortillo about the the Sea of Thieves talk, and with the perspective that we have la- this week, it's like there there are some winks and nods in their conversation, and it's insightful. And so much of the content that we've seen, and it is both on the Xbox, the PlayStation side, anyone that deals with the console war, it doesn't matter what color you salute, um, you know, that are, are that are personality based. It's the reason why, again, I love the, the cringiness that we saw on Sunday, because it's like these people actually have to do now what my friend Luke does on the weekly, and they cannot even compare to the amount of, of quality content that he's able to push out and thoughtful content that he's able to push out. But at the same exact time, he should be getting noticed by Xbox. Why doesn't he? Because he doesn't live in the hype culture land that so many other, you know, influencers use to, you know, hype up an audience. He's not here to weaponize an audience against a certain brand or whatever, or a belief that the media is out to get him. Um, that's like the type of creators that I like to listen to because it's not... Again, it's not this weird, like hype mentality that that they have. It's it's very very unsettling, and I hope that it's not going to go away just because of this, you know, event. But I hope that this does create a shakeup to that. Um, actual good content creators could rise out and go. Actually, I do some actual journalism here. Yeah. It, and this it, is, it would know, be so. something of a refreshing air to. Refreshing breeze, refreshing gale. It would be very nice for that cyclone to come through and blow them all out of the park where we can actually get some podcasts and some shows, get the notoriety and the um, the spotlight, which inform and educate us on what the hell's going on, uh, especially around games rather than having three- and four-hour sessions where it's just bashing a particular fan base because everyone wants to get in the chat and feel like get shouted out to and feel like they're having a good time 
I would much rather hear more yeah. about what's what what slate of games has Ubisoft got coming. What is what are they, let's talk more about those games? What they might be. Let's let's go down that rabbit hole exactly. of what's the next Assassin's Creed going to be like. Let's look at the last couple and talk about mm-hmm. those, and let's see what they've said is coming and when's it coming. You know, let's talk more about this Indiana Jones game. Let's talk more about um, what is Perfect Dark still coming? Is Fable still coming? What's going on there? Can we have some more information? Mm-hmm. We don't have to be factual conversation from the you know my pal fucking Aaron, but just <laughs> having the the freedom yeah. to go, you know what. I'd like the next Pokemon game to be... Yeah, I like the open world of the previous one. I didn't go much on the graphics. I'd like to see an overhaul in the graphics, but I'd like to see some more expansion in this. I'd like to see more of a, a driven storyline than an open world adventure. Um, you know, just having some podcasts, have some conversations around gaming and and yeah. expanding on some thought processes and ideas rather than hopping on and just going, well, Xbox, buy, bang, bang, and PlayStation, they suck this, bang, yeah. bang, bang. Because, like, to me, it's like, as a PlayStation fan, I'm like, oh, dude, like, we're going to get... Like, there are great games on Xbox that I can't wait to, to play again on my PlayStation. Yeah. Like, thinking about the day of, like, picking up, like, let's just say, right, let's just get crazy, of, like, the Master Chief Collection on, on PlayStation. Dude, I'm going to platinum the shit out. I love yeah. uh, Halo. And I feel like, you know, the, the disconnections between, like, uh, the audiences of, like, oh, everything Xbox, like, if you're an Xbox gamer, everything Xbox makes is great and PlayStation shit. Like, we always love to go, like, no, there's really great experiences on Xbox. And, like, you know, it's, it's okay that, like, hey, I'm playing Starfield and I'm absolutely loving it right like having those conversations i hope that what comes out of next week is more of a converse or or more conversations of that matter happen where we can break down barriers and go oh actually you know what there's good games on the other side because i got that when listen i used to be when i was a child and i think it was okay to think like this as a not a 50 year old man of like i used to be like a fanboy of stuff like i used to be a hardcore like xbox Right back in the day when I was in high school, um, and I ironically didn't touch a boob yet. Right, but then the, all like life changed. Life changed very soon. Maybe, I got maybe my that's priority what straight. Needs. <laughs> I mean, listen, you tell me. I don't know, but uh, like, like for me, I I remember. Um, I remember like having like the little fanboy conversations with my cousin that worked at Sony style. She should have, she could have gotten me stuff at cost. And I was like, no Xbox is best, but it was only until uncharted two came out and I played that at all because like I was able to literally get a PlayStation three for like 80 bucks uh, because some guy was trying to sell it for weed. And then I was just like, I played uncharted two and I was addicted guys. Like I was, it was, I'm like, this is one of the best games I've ever played. Uh, why am I? Why am I this dumb to not see that there is great games here to play? You know, and it's not like I didn't own a PS2 because I did. I loved Ratchet and Clank. I loved Jack, Jack and Daxter, and all that stuff. But like, Xbox was Halo and Gears for me. And it was up until that moment I was like, dude, I'm such an idiot. And that's why you know we could. I I, I hope I could bring something different to the table of like. Dude, I love Halo and Gears. Like, if you look closely at my set uh, on the podcast, you're going to see a Halo, you know, Master Chief Collection uh, helmet uh, poster, right? Like, you know, I have a Lancer right by me. So I'm hoping that, like, to make a very long story short, I apologize. um, 
that we can start br- having actual conversations of like yeah i played gears of war on playstation it's freaking rad you know like i can't wait to feel what a lancer you know feels like in a dual sense that's exciting to me so it's not about like oh companies can eat shit it's like the possibilities are both frightful because of playstation's possible lack of competition but it's also like really exciting because we're going into the unknown um and that that just that just creates so much possibility. I'm sorry again for another TED Talk. I just have a migraine, guys. <laughs> Wheeled me in, Donnie. Wheeled me in. An, an interesting one, I think, is one that everyone's talking about, obviously, Starfield. And I think in its in its current guise, I don't think Starfield sells that well on PlayStation. I know, listen, I know, you know PlayStation have historically had, you know, good success with the fallouts and, and things like that but i just think i think starfield needs a cyberpunk moment it needs its phantom liberty and if they can do that and they can fix all the wrongs and release this new 2.0 package akin to what cyberpunk have done and then go and here you go playstation you're getting it and it's undone all the wrongs two years down the line which it probably you know maybe maybe a year maybe 18 months whatever then mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it it probably does, but I think it needs a cyberpunk moment for sure. They put 100%. if they put out uh Starfield and th- this is where I think it's it, it'll fall over. They put out Starfield it's not $70. It's maybe $40 at that re- at, at 2.0. And if they had the mod store like they do with Minecraft, they missed a golden opportunity here with Starfield. If they had a mod store like what they do with Minecraft and people were able to go in there and build these little mods and sell them in that little micro store, they would have made a crap ton of money out of it. Problem is they didn't have that. Mm. If they brought out 2.0 with that in it, then at 40 bucks, it, it, it's a it's a much more tantalizing proposition for for longevity in that rather than trying to flog it at 70 bucks and no one's going to buy it at 70 bucks. I but I, th- I I think, think it's seventy. Um, it's seventy bucks. They will buy it if it's two point with all the fixes and the new expansion that's coming out. Like it's all in one pack. pack. Yeah, that's what selling it at forty for me is a waste of time. You're you're kind of. I, th- I think it needs to be safe. Okay, we can even say sixty for argument's sake. But I just I don't see them going to all this trouble to upset the hardcore fan base that you can't go third party to then go. Oh, we'll give you it for forty bucks. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I think it would be. It's 70. kind of like how. It's kind of like how PlayStation does it with PC. It's like, here's the game. I get it. It's like a year late. Here's ten dollars less, <laughs> like something around around those lines. There's a, a there's a large assumptive. Sorry, Joe. There's a large assumptive point here, which is that you can fix Starfield in two point You can't fix Starfield in two point it's not, oh shit, it's, Luke, I think it's you could. Not possible. You can shorten those oh, lines. Oh, you know, look at Cyberpunk. Look at Cyberpunk no, 2.0. No, it's a totally different game. You could, it, well, it's a significantly improved in game, but uh, improved game. Uh, but Cyberpunk did not suffer from the fundamental game design issues that Starfield does. Right. So um, that sounds this is this sounds like another podcast debate. This yeah, one, this is, I know, right? I, I, I need to say my piece I, I, on Starfield because it was. You say it. You say it, mate. It the the, uh, the mic is yours. Yeah. So it was like when people said, "Well, you'll fix Redfall by giving it sixty FPS." No, you won't, because it's shit. So <laughs> you know, I played Redfall Day One on PC at over a hundred. Oh, you FPS. poor, you poor fuck. Yeah, and it, it wasn't good. It doesn't matter what you do to that game unless you take it back to the drawing board so starfield it's, it's not a poor game i don't want to say that but it's 
not great. So I think there are issues with Starfield that you couldn't fix. So, but I mean, that's all by the buyers to whether any of that would impact on on how it performs on another platform right. anyway. But I need to say that. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I you, do say think it, you, sell, you say it, mate. <laughs> yeah, I think you could sell it at a at a premium and get away for a bit. I, I think that like it's not going to sell uh, Skyrim numbers again. Uh, get the marketing out of out of it. The mindset of like, remember this game was supposed to save Xbox or whatever. Um, you know, to the normie out there that just see, oh, guys made Skyrim. Oh, it's on PlayStation now. All right, I'll go check it out. Um, I think there's way more of those people than than I think we give credit to. Um, you know, it, my brother's a very casual gamer. He has no idea what is happening about anything revolving. Like I, I, I told him the other day, and he's like, "That they just bought ABK. That makes no sense." I'm like, uh. Uh, but like, I had to tell him about like his favorite game is like Spider Man too. Like that's the type of gamer he is. He'll play one or two games a year, and that's it. If it's not Nintendo related, mm-hmm. and like he's very casual. So I had to tell him like, Oh, Spider-Man's getting a new game plus mode. Like people like my brother, they they're out there and they're buying two to three games a year, which I think is one of the problems with game pass. But, um, I, I think there are more people out there that we, we, uh, lend credence to Joe. I can actually take that one step further. One, <clears throat> sorry, one of the okay. one of the guys in our sort of gaming group, we'll call it. He, he doesn't use Twitter, but that's fine. He's not interested anyway. He played his PlayStation last year for fifteen hundred hours. So he is a yep. serious volume gamer. Fifteen hundred hours last year. He was ahead of me just. God bless. And the day the FTC case, the, the day that Microsoft won that case, I was on playing. I think it was playing Diablo with him. I went, oh shit, the news just came through. And he said to me, he goes, oh, he goes, I thought that was done already. And I'm like, nah, there's been eighteen months of fucking shit going on, mate. He had no idea. No idea. And that's a guy who plays no fifteen hundred hours of of PlayStation last year. So that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like we we do need to remember that we really are this tiny minority. We really are a very, very, very small, quote-unquote, hardcore, for sure. Ignorance is bliss. I know. I'd rather be Ray. I'd rather be him. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. Um, A question I had. Do you guys think that there's already been conversations between Xbox and PlayStation? Do you think Chatter... Oh, you do? Okay. Do you think charters have? I mean, I know obviously there's been rumours that they've they've picked up extra dev kits. That could be someone just saying that. Do you know, that's that's an easy one to say, isn't it? No, yeah. I I just wonder if there has been charter and just whether that happened kind of pre or post the the aforementioned FTC case, you know? Just be interesting to know what... Because I dare say, if, you know, if and when this happens, I don't believe that Microsoft will will be willing to pay 30%. Or sorry, lose 30%. I think they'll be... They'll be wanting to fucking call her some deals and stuff. So I imagine chatter has yeah. happened as well. Yeah, no, I just because like, I get, it's a very weird thing that they see like that both these companies are in this position where your main opposition is also now your main partner. Yeah. So like, you know, Microsoft and PlayStation have talked to each other ever since really Minecraft and it's snowballed as to now. Yeah. They are the makers of, you know, call of duty and Diablo and all this stuff. So like, yeah, they've definitely, they definitely talk more than I think we give, uh, you know, yeah, we, we, uh, again, credence to, um, and they talk on the regular, you know, I won't, I won't say who, cause again, I, I'll be the person that I hate, but like, I remember having a, a conversation with someone going, yeah, like, dude, I was at like a GDC 
party with all like all three of these major execs from like competing like platforms and they're all just talking shop and they're all like self congratulating each other because like at the end of the day they're able to separate the business aspect to the game aspect of things and that's why like when i when i like i do think there are genuine like people cheering for you know each other to succeed that are on opposite planes um as it were so like to me yeah they definitely talk um and i think they're definitely again not to say like they it's not like cold war tensions like there's obviously tension between them yeah but i don't think it's it's what we think it is no, we, you know? we we like to think the tensions there it's like sports teams. exactly it's like obviously here obviously you don't really have this in, in america joe but soccer teams here i'll use soccer just to, you know make it a bit easier for you thank you, you. it's all right thank you. you know on a, on a, no, on I've watched Ted Lasso. I, I, yeah, I, I got it. this. Can... On, on a given weekend, you could have two teams that fucking despise each other. The fans despise each other. But then the following week or the following, you know, it could be the next month, the country will play together. And so suddenly the fans that hate each other and the players that hate each other are all 100%. mates. Because they come together yep. for Scotland or England or Brazil or whatever. So it's, it's like that, isn't it? It's all tribalism. We think they all hate yep. each other. I know it'll be a small amount to do, but ultimately, yeah, yeah, they're all friends and they all, they pull we all meet at the same functions and the same charity mm-hmm. dues and all that you know it's um, 100% absolutely absolutely the people who 100%. hate each other are fucking us idiots on Twitter <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what, what like one of my biggest inspirations to do what I do um, she was my high school teacher and she used to be a beat reporter for uh, covering I believe the New York Yankees as a freelance reporter for the New York post back in the day. And she was a hardcore Mets fan and she had to cover the Yankees. Oh, shit. And she always told me at this one time, like, I think she was at like a world series game and she's cheering for the Yankees. And her teammate goes, why are you cheering for the Yankees? Like you're, you're, you're a, a, a Mets fan. And she just goes, look at the stands. They're full of people. That's what's important. Yeah. It's like people are here and we're having fun. Like I may be covering Yankees, I may root for the Mets, but I'm cheering for this thing that we love, which is for her the sport of baseball. Like that's what I do when I cover PlayStation. It's like I'm covering PlayStation, but understand, I love it all, you know. And that's why I think we got to get. I don't know. We we need more of that. I feel. Yeah. Um, before we kind of we kind of close proceedings on this, then we've put the world to rights and everything to rights here. Um, right. Given obviously what what potentially is going to happen next week, do you have any worries? Any kind of negativity you feel? Whether you want to look at that as a gamer or, or as PlayStation fans or whatever, is there anything you go? Oh, I'm a little bit nervous about that happening. Because I know everyone, everyone keeps pointing at the Sony thing. Oh, Sony gets a monopoly. They're going to do with PlayStation Three, and they're going to do this, and it kills, it kills competition. Competition, of course, didn't matter when Xbox was buying ABK for seventy billion. That's fine, but you know. So yeah, I'll, I'll leave that that open to you. And again, loaded question. I know, Luke. I apologize, but you know, that's what I'm here for. So the the question is 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 are we are, are we concerned? Was that yeah, the question? Have, have yeah. you got any concerns? Yeah. Um. Yes, I do. I think for the ones I articulated earlier about the nature of exclusive games and exclusive content in the console space, that's my primary concern. I'm not really, you know, because I, I'm not, I think some people will have concerns because their entire 
video game presence Persona. is effectively confined to say Xbox, right? Um all that ecosystem. Um and I I mean I don't really understand that if if that's a con- if that's someone's concern, I don't really think it's a valid concern because you can you can pick Xbox content up in many places anyway nowadays, not just on a console. Um and I don't think Microsoft are going anywhere in terms of the the market, the hardware market, at least not yet. Um so my concern is purely a competitive one. And I'm not even concerned that, you know, PlayStation 3, Sony will make a reappearance as such. Um, even though I see that's a legitimate concern from some people. I'm more concerned that Microsoft's presence in terms of, you know, investing heavily in large budget games will will sort of decrease slightly in the medium term and they might not be as interested in doing that um but that's pure speculation on my part and i've got nothing to evidence that it's it's more just a a a kind of central concern central conceit that i have so beyond that i don't i don't have many substantive concerns um but i think a lot of this will depend on their messaging next week i don't expect their messaging to be particularly straightforward and i think there will be a lot of things that are almost said by omission um if that makes any sense so uh you know a lot is going to rest on what what phil spencer or whoever presents next week whoever comes out and talks about it satya nadella gets on you know virtual stage or whatever i hope it's satya i don't i i really hope it's not uh sarah bond that's that's really um, interesting you say that because i think if it's satya that gets up that sends a strong message that's very clear then that this this is very uh a microsoft organization decision it's It's a power play next week actually i think yeah i i hope it's phil He's brought us on this path. He should be the one that closes it out. Um, because, like, I really, for me, I don't want it to be Sarah Bond. Because I, 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 you know, I've stated this prior. I'll state it here again. Yeah. I'll continue. Yeah, uh, I don't want a Kathleen Kennedy situation mm-hmm. where everybody dog piles on, on this woman. Yes. Uh, because, you know, they made Ray a Skywalker. Like, I don't yeah. want that for her. Because this is probably a decision that she walked in on and is not hers. And I don't think she should own. And to me, I, you know, um, I, 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 yeah, I just don't want to see a strong black woman be attacked by a bunch of creepy old dudes, uh, online. Um, I, I think she's a role model. I think she is someone that like, uh, I talk about like not idolizing people, but like, I'll give the exception to her. Uh, because I think we need more females in this industry, and I think um, she could be a role model for a little girl. So I'll, yeah, let's yeah. let's, she, let's she, not make she, her a scapegoat. She'll remove yeah. my my hatred for anybody in the C suite level. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I, I don't want any venom her way. Yeah. It's too important. Yeah, yeah. good, I agreed. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, I think look, if, if Satya comes out and and it, or it's a roundtable discussion with him and Phil, then I think we'll know uh, more clearly where this where the directionality of this vision has come from. Um, but, um, it, it's going to be really, I mean, just the format, you know, that they present it in is, it's really unknown to me. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be quite an interesting, uh, little, little show to put it in that way, uh, that we see next week, but yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah. Yourself, Dave, what's going to, have you got any, 
overriding negative thoughts about what's going to happen? Or yeah, I've got this horrible <laughs> nightmare that Phil Spencer retires and Matt Booty's cut is put as his replacement. Because I, uh, I really don't think that that's that's a step in in any how's, kind of positive how direction. How is that guy still in a job? You how is he me. still in a job, Matt? Booty, he must man. be the Monica. Lu- he must be taking man. the Monica Lewinsky approach, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> Phil Spencer touched oh, me. me. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the dress. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's a great image, isn't it? Um, look, yeah, thanks for yeah. that, mate. And an, an unholy one, but yes. <laughs> um, I, think if, I think Phil has to be there regardless. But if the message is coming from Microsoft, that it'll be Satya or um, Amy Hood or someone at that hop level is delivering the news then it's not going to be good news. And the 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 spin doctors for Microsoft Gaming, I don't think will have had a chance to pretty this up and at, at the front end. So whatever the big bosses, and let's not forget the big bosses at Microsoft dealing the business side of things, they'll come out, give it straight, no mixing of words. If Amy Hood or Tim... Smith, Stewart, or any of the, the investment, like the, the finance people are there, it's going to have to be straight. There won't be any double talking. Um, and it, it'll, it, it's not got any positive, like I can't see any good news coming in the initial delivery, but there's, there's a potential for a lot of positivity to come in the analysis of this delivery. And I don't expect there to be a lot of answers. I think it'll be more of a, Here's our vision for the next – well, here's our pivot and here's our roadmap for the next 10 years as a business. And what does that mean for the consumer? Well, here's a two-sentence answer because if – you know, his conversation at the, you know, the recent thing, uh, the recent things that he's talking about when he was asked about gaming, he gave a very – like a two-sentence answer about gaming and spoke about two or three paragraphs on AI. They love to talk about – their AI technology, they love to talk about their um, their cloud infrastructure, they love to talk about all that big stuff. So if that is the, the pivot and the pathway forward is consistent with what they have been saying, I don't see a lot of great positive news around gaming specifically coming out of this conversation. I think it's more of a, well, we've now put these acquisitions to bed, this is our pathway forward, this is what we're going to work on. And yeah, I'd... I'd I do expect that it will be something along those lines. If it turns out that it's just Phil showing up to give a softly, softly 10-minute lip service approach to the, the those that are crying at the moment, I don't expect Phil will last much longer than that. I'd, I'd be yeah. shocked if he sees the year out anyway, I think. Yeah, just just do it. I think that's, that's right. And I think some people, I think the people who are expecting whoever comes out next week to give a granular breakdown of franchises or you know um step-by-step business strategy as to what they're going to be doing going forward that's an unreal completely unrealistic expectation they're not going to tell you you know well maybe we'll put halo somewhere one day or something Mm -hmm. like that you know it's going the 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 speech, whatever it is, roundtable is going to be pretty holistic in terms of strategy, and that's probably partly because Microsoft will figure that out 
they might not have the full answers to it down the road. And secondly, because um, it allows a, a level of malleability to their plans going forward. They can change those if they need to. So um, yeah. what I do think it will do is if it is like that, which I expect them to be, which I expect it to be, that's going to cause issues again in terms of their community because it's going to throw up again more questions that aren't going to be answered this time they're not going to be answered in any form and um also i guess for people who really invest in the idea of having exclusive you know the fanboy warriors right yeah it, the yeah. conversation around every xbox game now after this is going to be well, is it coming when's it coming to another yep. to another platform and that is going to drive some people really mad um which again is probably the problem with them picking and choosing which ones are going to be third party it's almost yeah. i suppose better than it's the whole slate as joe put it you know because yeah. you're right you'll be like oh i'll just wait for playstation that well what if it doesn't come and then you're everyone's stuck in limbo then aren't they yeah but i think i mean yeah i, I don't I, I think it would be it would be very brave and very steadfast real commitment if microsoft next week were to say yes actually going forward we're going to become a full um third party publisher at least in part um all, yeah. all of our future games will come to um different platforms uh but they won't do that um that's i mean it doesn't make too much sense to do that at this point i know i, I think a lot of people would like it and that would be cool um and it will be refreshing to see you know a, a public list publicly listed company uh come out with information that is very solid like that um and a, and a clear roadmap of what they're going to do but it's it's just not going to happen um i think xbox dead uh playstation <laughs> forever it's that serious um, i can't believe it led us to this yeah, it's a fucking potato exactly it did it in man god damn you my series s and your cool portable screen i hate you so much <laughs> um yeah man uh honestly at the end of the day after all, we had a two-hour-plus conversation about it. It's all about a wait-and-see. Yeah. Uh, do I think it's everything? I think it's some things, and I think it is the beginning of the future of Xbox and what that means. I think the meaning of Xbox is going to change. And, you know, for the Tim Dogs of the world, it's going to be a really hard pill to swallow. But, you know, the one thing, because I, I do go on uh, on some Xbox shows, because yeah, I do, do want to yeah, yeah, yeah. hear, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I do want to see what they have to say, and I've gotten the gun out of several uh, Xbox fans' mouths this week, so I feel like I have saved lives. Um, <laughs> but, like, for, you know, for, for what I hear, it's, it's continuous, like, I'm really upset at this, I don't like this for, for a second, I'm still an Xbox fan, I'm gonna see this through, thing through. And so, like, as much as they, they kick and they scream, again, it's like the creators that don't know how to create anything substantive are gonna have problems creating in the future, and the ones that can actually evolve past this and put out meaningful content are going to thrive. Mm. Um, and that same goes for Xbox as a whole. You know, they're going to be putting out content on PlayStation, and I think we're going to start, we're going to first see it with Sea of Thieves and Hi-Fi Rush, and then you're going to start seeing, you know, maybe they test the water with a Starfield, but 
I also feel like at the end of the day, we've heard a lot of rumors of like Xbox considering things, considering this, considering that. They're just speaking out loud right now or thinking out loud right now of what their next move are. So they could be considering all of this, but actually at the end of the the day, decide not to. That's very, very plausible. But I think something is giving and I don't think it's the end of all things Xbox. Um, I, I am optimistic still of whatever they evolve into is going to probably be for our benefit. Yeah. Yeah, keep it optimistic. <laughs> Indeed. And, and Indeed. well overdue. Well overdue. We need to get away from all this toxicity yeah. and bullshit and just get sustainable. It's straight up ruining the conversation. Yeah. yeah. It just, it's it's ruining all sorts of discourse. Constantly. We, yeah. If they're sustainable and that argument goes away and they're enjoyable and there's positivity and optimism and we can get away from this toxic red versus blue versus green versus whatever the fucking color PC is, yellow. Um, <laughs> I, just get away from all that crap. No one cares. It, 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 who, I, you, people like playing games. I've always said, if you love playing games, play them where you love playing them, enjoy them. That's all I want you to do. I want you to enjoy what you're doing. If you're upset and sad and miserable because you keep getting dragged into this other stuff, and, you know, there's some people on on Twitter the last couple of days have had absolute meltdowns. And I just stand there and go, mate, why? Get away from all that toxic crap. Yeah. It's not good for you. Play the games. Love the games. Have fun. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Gentlemen, that's the show. We're done. That's it, huh? Is that what that's you call it? it? That's it. That's <laughs> it. Done. Mini series of TED Talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, good luck with the timestamps on this fuck. I'm not even going to bother with timestamps on this one. You know, so yeah, uh, Joe's uh, rant number one, Dave's rant number yeah. three. <laughs> It'll be fucking. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, boys. I, I I had such a bad migraine, and like the dogs barking in the back. I'm trying to keep concentrated. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's what we're that's what we're here for, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <sighs> I might I might timestamp when we when we go through the fucking influencers right enough, you know, because. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, guys, I got a, I got a huge DM, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I can't say who it is. <laughs> I can't say who. Is but it- they're telling me... Um, he, they're telling me Brute Force is coming oh, back. Oh, God. Nice. Can you imagine? Uh, that would be great news. Yeah. That would be- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Bring it back. I just heard things. God. Yeah. Oh, oh sh- I should end my recording, huh? Not yet. We'll, 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 we'll get you to do your... Um- your socials and stuff oh fair enough okay so, yeah, fair. So, we're still recording hi guys yeah 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 so dave <laughs> sign us off mate all right uh thanks again for having me um i'm dave i'm forky i uh you find me on twitter at forky 87 um if next week goes how i expect it will there'll be a few people getting some very special attention from me um otherwise uh if you've got any questions queries or comments about what we've discussed today i'm more than happy to have that conversation um, hit me up on Twitter and you find me skulking around on a few different podcasts. Otherwise, yeah, have a good time. Thanks for having me and enjoy the games. No problem, mate. And Luke? Yeah, thank you for having me again. Um, follow me at LukeSteel90 on Twitter. Um, and yeah, thanks again. No props, mate. No problem. And Joe, man, take it away, my friend. 
Of course, of course. You can find me over at Mr. Badbit on Twitter. You can find my show at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. Or you can find us live each and every Wednesday night, uh, 9 p.m. or sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we record the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players, where each and every week me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and the greatest in all things PlayStation. And yeah, we're going to talk about this, you know. We're also going to talk about the rumored PlayStation Portable. We're also going to talk about our Final Fantasy VII Rebirth impressions, all that jazz. Uh, and you can find us, of course, our main feeds are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So you can check us out there on your commute each and every Thursday. And also, um, don't worry, y'all. I'm here to save Xbox for you. <laughs> I, your PlayStation brethren, will save you from yourselves. Indeed. So, God bless. Good night and good luck. And what a great podcast it is, by the way, PS Trophy Room. So, do not forget to check thank that you, out. Thank you. And as usual, I am Donnie. This is Pure Dead PlayStation. You'll get this every fortnight. Every Friday, you'll still get the main uh, Pure Dead Gaming podcast that is out, as usual. And a little reminder for the Xbox fans if you happen to stick around and listen to the end of this, no matter what happens next week, you'll still have the same games you always could play still be there to play so enjoy